This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, May 14th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. Dozens of conservative or Tea Party groups were singled out for particularly high levels of scrutiny before the IRS would give them special tax status. David Keating is president of the Center for Competitive Politics. He talks about the implications of this latest revelation. What do you find most problematic in this revelation that the IRS has targeted uh, conservative groups for special scrutiny? Well, we don't know why they did it. If it was a matter of uh, conscious uh, decision by someone who didn't like conservative groups or just sheer incompetence, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, The problem is the IRS decided to target a particular political philosophy. It happened to be conservative, but it could just as easily been libertarian or liberal or something else and look at these groups for a special examination. Now, in this case, it was deciding whether to grant tax-exempt status, uh, but it just as easily could have been an audit program. Uh, And the IRS has a history, a a pretty sorry history, of being used by presidents from Roosevelt through Nixon uh, to go after enemies of the administration. Now, there's no evidence here that someone in the Obama White House ordered this, Um, Nevertheless, given the IRS's history, uh, it should be extremely careful about how it goes about its business. And I think this shows that the efforts uh, that are being made in Congress and by others outside the Congress to put the IRS in a more active role in monitoring nonprofit groups on campaigns would be a serious mistake. Um, The IRS clearly doesn't understand the sensitivities of the First Amendment where this never would have happened. Uh, it's, it's shocking that it did happen. And the fact that it got front page news treatment uh, was you know, a major issue shows how tone deaf uh, the agency was in letting this occur. Even more disturbing, the IRS commissioner in March was testifying before Congress and said nothing uh, improper was going on. So. It's it's remarkable that the commissioner would be put in a position like that when this clearly had been going on for quite some time, and yet the people in charge of the exempt organization division knew he was testifying, knew he would be uh, asked about this sort of thing, and failed to inform him about what the problems were there. It's really, it's probably just sheer incompetence, but um, it's a shocking level of incompetence. Part of the issue here is what is argued is a sort of a changing standard over time of of what type of scrutiny would be applied to groups that are applying for nonprofit status. Um, That seems to be a pretty clear-cut example of people being being targeted. Well, I mean, in fairness to the IRS, uh, they've come under a lot of pressure um, from the media externally uh, to make sure they're doing the job. Uh, so that organizations are properly classified. There are many different types of nonprofit status a group could be uh, classified as. Uh, so it's a difficult job, but I think it's something the agency should probably do less of. Um, and, you know, this, what, what has happened here is a good example. You have to keep in mind a lot of these groups were almost, uh, were very low budget. Uh, outfits, many of them run by volunteers, people just trying to get involved and uh, active in uh, advocacy of issues maybe for the first time in their life, in their first experience with doing it. 
is filing a form to the IRS and being literally dragged through dozens of highly intrusive questions uh, that took hours for them to fill out the forms. Many of them decided, well, this looks really complicated, and it is complicated. Uh, many of them hired lawyers, and it cost them thousands of dollars. So and this, these special costs were only put on one type of organization, and that's another uh, unfair and unfortunate part of this whole thing. Part of what I thought was particularly galling just uh, at the outset was the idea of being having donor lists uh, requested by the IRS. Now for 501c3 nonprofits, that's of course a big no-no, but for other uh, 501 organizations, that's not as big a deal. Well, I don't know why they requested donor lists. It really didn't have anything to do with uh, tax-exempt status, uh, at least not for these types of organizations. Um, so I don't know why they were requested. This is not something that would be public information because it would be considered tax return information. So it would never be uh, publicly revealed. Now, that being said, three times in the last year, uh, an unknown number of organizations have had confidential tax return information disclosed by the IRS. And again, it, it seems in each case to have been a conservative leaning group. So. I imagine a lot of people are asking a lot of questions. Why do all these mistakes inside the IRS in the last year or so seem to be just aimed at conservatives? Um, is there someone in the tax-exempt division um, that is trying to go after conservatives in some way, or is it just a, a mere coincidence that all these episodes seem to be uh, harming conservative-oriented groups. We don't know the answer to that. The Obama administration has said this is an independent agency. It is a federal agency with its own separate oversight, right. as if that is sort of a defense against the administration. Well, it is an independent agency, but the, the commissioner is appointed by the president. The tr IRS is part of the Treasury Department. Uh, the, the rules and the regulations issued by the IRS are ultimately uh, vetted and approved by the Treasury Department. Um, that being said, there, there is a, an amount of insulation. On the other hand, um, most bureaucrats uh, like to do a job that might please their bosses. And, you know, we don't know what the boss's political philosophies might be in the IRS. We do know who the president is. So I'm not saying anything was done uh, improperly. It could have just been sheer bumbling uh, by people inside the agency. But um, you know, we may never know the real reason. Now there's uh, a report that's supposed to come out. Maybe there will be other investigations, I'm sure there will, by Congress. And we may learn more as, as this goes along. Uh, but, you know, obviously, I think the real solution here is the IRS should really get out of the business of monitoring these types of tax-exempt organizations. Now, the type of tax-exempt organization where there's a tax deduction, well, maybe there's more of a role for the IRS because a tax deduction is something where people are actually saving on their taxes, and the IRS has to make sure that that's a legitimate tax deduction. But these 501c4 organizations, no one's saving any taxes. When you give a gift to a group like this, there's no tax deduction for it. So why is the agency even monitoring these groups at all? It's not really clear to me why we need to have the IRS looking at these groups. According to news reports of the Inspector General's report that as of this recording has not come out yet, 
a lot of this targeting began in 2010, which was the same year in January when the Citizens United decision was rendered. Is there any relationship there? Well, we won't know, but there may be. Um, the reason why is before the Citizens United decision, these nonprofit groups were not allowed under federal election law to uh, make communications to the public urging voters to vote for or against a candidate. Um, and now that's legal under Citizens United. Now a C4 and C6 type group, a social welfare or trade group, is not supposed to spend the majority of its or purpose on political activity. Now clearly if you endorse a candidate, that's political activity where you're trying to get voters to vote one way or the other. Um, so, but that's not something really the IRS needs to monitor. That's something the Federal Election Commission could monitor as well because there's a rule that if you do a majority of your activity on something and you become a political committee rather than just a nonprofit group. Uh, that being said, you know, maybe the IRS had more incentive to, now that, you know, it was legal for these groups for the first time in many years to make endorsements and urge voters to vote one way or the other, uh, maybe the IRS felt it needed to screen these more carefully. I don't think the answer is, you know, quite correct there, but, um, you know, that could be one of the reasons why the IRS uh, started doing this. The extent to which an agency has discretion, uh, they can make differing choices. They're not limited to a very narrow reading of rules. You argue that the regulations that the IRS operates under are quite vague. Well, the IRS has a series of revenue rulings about what constitutes political activity and what doesn't. Now, most people would say, how can this be that difficult? And it shouldn't be, but the IRS hasn't decided to make it simple. And that's one of the, that's a huge problem. They should have a simple rule, which is if you do an endorsement in a communication telling voters to vote for or against a candidate, that's political activity. Anything that doesn't go that far isn't. And that would be an easy line not to cross or to decide what's classified as political and what isn't. Instead, the IRS has a multi-part test that I think is virtually impossible for anyone uh, to consistently apply that rule, much less two different people, because the individual's bias or the individual's reading of the same rule is going to be different in each case. So you're going to have a situation where it I think for many auditors, it's going to be hard for them to set aside their personal biases about an organization they might be auditing. And this is really unacceptable. We need to, if we're going to have these laws where groups are audited and consequences might befall them, we have to have a clear, consistent rule where two people can both apply that same rule, even though they might have vastly different views or biases. And that's simply not the case right now. So if you have a gay auditor that's maybe auditing a group like a pro-marriage group. You should also be able to have a someone who's uh, an, a, you know, a Southern Baptist auditing a gay group, and they should be able to come up with the same conclusion about these rules. I don't think you can say that right now. These rules are just too vague uh, to be uniformly applied. David Keating is president of the Center for Competitive Politics. You can read more of our work on free speech, chilling effects, and the IRS at our website, cato.org.